He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. From Pacifica Radio's KPFK in Los Angeles, this is your broadcast, as heard on 90.7 FM in L.A. Beautiful, sunny once again, L.A. 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Oregon coast, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org on the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app. Always available on the iTunes, where you can always download our programs and give us a good review while you're there so other people can find us. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, and Pacifica Radio Affiliates in Parts Unknown, and Radio Sputnik. Five days a week. This is the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another action-packed, thrilling adventure. And uh, and it is thrilling because I know a lot of you out there were saying, you know what, there's a lot of people to choose from in this year's uh, presidential election, but but not yet enough Republicans to choose from. Well, have we got the answer for you. John Kasich, governor of Ohio, who... Yes, John Kasich, governor of Ohio. You may have heard of him or you may not have heard of him. Uh, Like most of Americans, most of uh, people in America, you probably have not heard of him. Uh, He announced that uh, he, too, is running for president today. We'll be talking about that in a little bit with John Michael Spinelli, journalist out of Ohio, who's been covering uh, Kasich and all things Ohio now for uh, for many years. Uh, And and by the way, I mean, when it comes to John Kasich, and I'm trying to figure out why John Kasich is even running. Is he running because he's actually running for vice president? Is he running because he's from the swing state of Ohio and figures, hey, man, he nominates someone uh, for, you know, governor of Ohio, uh, wins that state, takes off that uh, ticks off that state from the column uh, as far as swing states go, because pretty much you got to win Ohio these days in order to win the presidency of the United States. And of course, if if Kasich wins Ohio, game over, Republicans may think. Of course, they also may think that if uh, Jeb Bush wins the nomination, then with that comes Florida and game over if you win the state of Florida. So hard to know what they're thinking, hard to know what John Kasich is even thinking. And uh, frankly, it's hard to know who John Kasich is. So John Michael Spinelli, I I hope that he'll give us he's from Plunderbund.com, by the way, which is a great news site. If you're wondering what's going on in Ohio in politics Go to plunderbund.com. They are fantastic uh, at letting you know what's really going on. They've got a progressive bent, but that's okay. That just means they're part of the uh, reality-based community, so it's it's very helpful. Um, plunderbund.com. But uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, Desi Doyne, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this guy's record yet. I know we'll be covering him later this week as we've been covering all the presidential candidates as they get into the race on the Green News Report. Yes, on their climate change on positions. On their climate change positions, their energy right. positions. Uh, don't know if you've had a chance. And don't give it away yet. Don't give, If you know <laughs> whether he's a, a denier uh, or whether he joins the very few, what do we, uh, Lindsey Graham, I think, is the only one who's not an all-out denier That's pretty right. much in the Republican side. That's right. right. Uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, is the only one among the God knows how many it is now of the Republican candidates uh, mm-hmm. that so far has come out and said that he actually accepts, for the most part, the science of climate change, and then he doesn't really talk about what he wants to do about it. And, and I think we're almost at the end of the list, in theory— of candidates, of major candidates who are going to jump into this race, right? Uh, that's so, a good question. It seems to be so, It seems yes. to be. We're almost seems we're the coming end. to there, the end of this. There may be one or two left. The beginning of the end. Unless they all blow up. Unless they all pull a, well, we'll see if Donald Trump actually blows up or not. But, you know, if unless they all blow up and then we then they, they start looking for a savior on the Republican side. Although I don't know who that savior would be. The odd thing about John Kasich is that sometimes he's Donald Trump. And maybe a little bit later we'll play some audio of him calling cops idiots. Which that's charming. If that was done, if any Democratic candidate for dog catcher called a, a cop an idiot, he would be disqual- he or she would be disqualified. Period. From ever running for public office again. This guy calls cops idiots, and uh, well, he'd be a fine candidate for president of the United States. He also had a uh, he had a show on Fox News, which also makes him a fine candidate for president of the United States. Uh, yes. Oh, I was just going to say that that when you look at Kasich calling cops idiots and there are some aspects of him where he seems to be, you know, kind of kind of mean to people. Yeah. It's like Chris Christie and uh, New, Jer- New Jersey governor. There does seem to be a, a penchant for for mean bullying types in the Republican Party. They seem to really go for that. Yes. Yes, of course they do. Which is what which is why I said when Trump came out that this guy is going to clean up. And by the way, it was also why. Back in 2008, when I was covering Chris Christie and those secret audio tapes that we obtained at, at Bradblog.com from his meeting with the Koch brothers, you know, I spent a whole lot of time uh, before I published those uh, tapes. And you can get you can go to uh, what is it? Bradblog.com slash Coke tapes. And you can hear Chris Christie's secret speech to the Cokes. In any event, before I you know, publish those tapes and those stories at Brad blog and over at mother Jones, I had to spend a whole lot of time getting up to speed with Chris Christie. And I will tell you this about Chris Christie back in 2000 and uh, not 2008, 2014. Uh, I'm sorry, 2012, which is when Chris Christie, they wanted him to run. He didn't run in the year leading up to that. And when I broke that story, spending a lot of time listening to him, Chris Christie would have been a fantastic candidate for the Republicans, and he would have been easily the most difficult person to beat back in 2012 uh, for Barack Obama. But you know what? Donald Trump has since shown up, has stolen his thunder, and, uh, you know, by being just the obnoxious, outspoken uh, jerk that the base of the Republican Party now loves, now yes. craves, and I will tell you how much they crave him in a moment, but just a little bit more about uh, Kasich before we move on here. 
um, concerning his record uh, and concerning, you know, is he like Donald Trump? Is he more like Scott Walker or is he more like Jeb Bush? He's actually a little uh, all of the above, all and none of the above, perhaps. Uh, In Ohio, John Kasich enacted sweeping tax cuts, which Think Progress says devastated Ohio's poor. He signed a budget to include restrictive anti-choice measures, which is all the rage amongst the Republicans. He dealt a blow to labor by supporting pro-business legislation, which, is, of course, is all the Republicans do. But he also, like Scott Walker, he tried to kill the unions, to kill the public unions out there in Ohio. But unlike Scott Walker, the uh, uh, the state of Ohio had a voter veto. They were able to get it on onto the bill, on, onto the uh, ballot as an initiative to gut John Kas- uh, John Kasich's plan to gut uh, public unions. So the public rose up and yeah. said, no, you shall not do this. Yes. Nice. They were allowed access to the ballot, access to democracy. I know that sounds strange when we're talking about the state of Ohio, access to the ballot and access to, to democracy. But in fact, that's what they did get. And uh, they were able to uh, overturn that. Actually, I don't know if it was ever even instated because they got it on the uh, on, on the ballot. It was wildly popular to kill this uh, bill that Republicans had passed. And Kasich saw the writing on the wall. And I think somehow they withdrew the bill or something before it actually was enacted he did they did pass it though and uh so the people so democracy in that event uh worked uh Kasich has also pushed through charter school reform as they call it uh but has ignored public schools and apparently the uh these charter schools that are now all over ohio are performing worse than public schools wow but you know it was never about uh, performing well, it was about what? Giving money to their friends who yeah. who run these charter schools. Yeah, it's taking money away from the public coffers. You know, that's a big pot of money that goes to public schools. Yep. And then putting that instead toward privatizing schools. Right. Which, Folks who make millions of dollars from privatizing charter schools. Dizzy Doyen will be uh, rejoining us a little bit later, of course, with our latest Green News report on the extreme weather that is whipping us out here in California. Some, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of the Green News Report. Other times it's, it's floods on the East Coast, it's droughts in Texas. This is one of those weeks where we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of uh, some pretty extraordinary weather, a pretty extraordinary cl- uh, climate at this point. Uh, also, uh, June 2015... Despite the promises we had from Fox News that global warming was over, turns out June 2015 is the hottest June ever on record. Uh, so we will talk about that and more on the upcoming uh, Green News. Oh, and and the crazy uh, Pacific uh, hurricane oh, yeah. season. This uh, is this crazy is, stuff, is, man. you got to stay around to listen to the Green News Report today. It's nuts. It's crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump has now taken a massive lead in the Republican primary. Uh, he's up by... Then this is just incredible. For, for those people who said that it was a joke, that Donald Trump's candidacy would never last, that they would never get... so He's getting huge support from Republicans. Washington Post, ABC New, News poll. This came out, uh, I think, just yesterday as, it, as we were getting off the air. Donald Trump is now leading... 
with 24% support among Republican and Republican-leaning independents. The next closest uh, was Scott Walker at 13%. So this is a double-digit lead that Donald Trump now has in the Republican field. 24% for Donald Trump and uh, 13 for Scott Walker, 12 for Jeb Bush. Everyone else is in single digits. So right now, I guess, it's a three-person race, essentially, between uh, Trump, Walker, and Bush. But an 11-point lead. He has just, he's blowing everyone else away. Now, with that said, this Washington Post poll was taken over three days over the weekend. I think it was Thursday through Sunday, something like that. And that last day, Sunday, was the day that uh, people began talking about Donald Trump's comments about Senator John McCain and not being a war hero and because he prefers his... Uh, how, how does that joke go? He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. <laughs> I love that joke. Um, sorry, John McCain. Uh, I love that joke. And it was Al Franken's joke, as we discussed on yesterday's show. And Donald Trump is getting all the hell for it. Uh, anyway, this poll was taken by and large before uh, those comments from Donald Trump. And then those uh, people, uh, Republicans, started pretending to be outraged by it on that last day of the poll. And Washington Post says that there was a st statistically significant drop off, whatever that means, on the last day of polling. So we'll see if uh, Donald Trump continues to be out in front of the pack by a mile. And we'll we'll see if he continues to do that uh, even after today when he gave out Lindsey Graham's cell phone number during a speech. What? You did not. Did you hear? About I it? did this not is, hear about yes. this. I was busy having to listen to John Kasich's yes. speech. No, it was uh, Trump told the crowd that Graham had been previously begging for a mention on the Fox News show, Fox and Friends, back when uh, Trump used to appear all the time on wow. Fox and Friends. So Trump said, I wrote the number down. I don't know if it's the right number, but let's try it. <gasps> and then he proceeded to read the 10-digit phone number of, uh, of Lindsey Graham. Wow, that is some weapons-grade trolling right? there, That's man. That's um, impressive stuff. And, of course, he hates uh, Lindsey Graham now, not just because Lindsey Graham is also uh, an opponent of his running for president as well, but Lindsey Graham, as you recall, is John McCain's little buddy. Oh, man. So now there's this war. It's a war. It's all-out war. Lindsey Graham uh, took it in, uh, in good spirits. He tweeted, probably getting a new phone, iPhone or Android. Oh, boy. That's what, so he took it well. But, um, man, man, do I love Donald Trump in this race. And I told you he was going to do well. I told you. No one believed it. Now they do. All right, a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with somebody who may not do nearly as well, who probably won't do uh, anywhere near as well, but who could end up on the uh, on the ticket as a vice presidential candidate as a easy and cynical way for the Republicans to win the state of Ohio. We will come back with John Michael Spinelli and talk about Governor John Kasich of Ohio. Governor who? You'll find out right after this. Brad Friedman, this is your Bradcast. <laughs>
Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. All this energy calling me back where it comes from. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That song is perfect for our next segment, not just because it's about Ohio, but also because that song, uh, do you know who sings that song, Desi Doyen? I actually don't know. That is the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, how appropriate. Don't you think? Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to move for a moment beyond Donald Trump for just a moment here because there. There is yet another candidate in the race for the uh, 2016 uh, GOP nomination as of today. For some reason, I believe John Kasich becomes the 16th, 16th candidate to uh, to vie for the Republican nomination. John Kasich, the 63 year old second term governor of Ohio, threw his hat into the ring today for uh, the uh, 2016 Republican nomination at Ohio State University on Tuesday. That's his old alma mater for some reason. Kasich served as a U.S. congressman from Ohio for 18 years before leaving, uh, attempting a short run for president in the year 2000, then becoming a Fox News Channel host, then taking a whole bunch of money from the uh, Lehman Brothers investment outfit, and finally becoming the governor of the Buckeye State, and now giving a second shot to a bid for the White House. Here is uh, a minute or two, a bit of a montage from John Kasich's announcements speech today at the University of Ohio. There are a lot of people in America today who are not sure that that American dream is possible, that that American dream is alive. You know, when I was a kid, you went out and you got a job and you worked at that job your entire lifetime. You got your health care, you got your retirement and everything was good. Today, you could be a 51-year-old man and one day after serving and doing everything the right way, somebody walks into your office and says, I'm sorry, but we don't need you anymore. Can you imagine that conversation? Or how about moms and dads today? They send their kids to college, many of these young people ringing up massive amounts of debt, trying to get an education. Or at the same time, we can also think about what all of us fear greatly, and that is the problems of bad health. What is it gonna cost me to get treatment, just not for myself, but for one of the loved ones in my family? Will I be bankrupted and lose everything I have, everything I've worked for, or the fear of the tsunami of drugs? And how about those that struggle to make ends meet? 
You know, some people just say, oh, well, just work harder or pull yourself out by your bootstraps. I believe in all that. Some people just don't have the fortune that many of us have. Or how about if you're a member of the minority community, an African-American, you wonder, the system, I think sometimes doesn't just work for me, but sometimes I feel like that system works against me. Or how about all of us? We pick up the paper, it's Chattanooga, it's Fort Hood, it's ISIS. Are we safe? Are we gonna be safe to go to the mall? Are we safe to leave our homes? I am here to ask you for your prayers, for your support, for your efforts, because I have decided to run for president of the United States. That was Ohio Governor John Kasich during his uh, announcement speech on Tuesday at the Ohio State Uni- at Ohio State University. I should say I had uh, described it as University of Ohio. My apologies and correction there. So uh, that was John Kasich trying to sound actually somewhat reasonable, perhaps somewhat what we would call moderate amongst Republicans these days. So will he even be allowed to participate in the first Republican presidential debate being hosted by Fox News, his former employer, on uh, on August 6th in Cleveland, Ohio? And by the way, do we really need another Republican candidate in this race? And is Kasich more like a uh, a Trump-like bully because he has those tendencies and we can uh, prove it with some audio here if we need to? Or is he a paranoid, secrecy-loving operative more like Scott Walker? Or is he more the moderate like he seemed to want to present himself today? More like a Jeb Bush. Uh, Seems like he could be any one of them on any particular day. So here to find out what Ohio knows that the rest of the country ought to about Governor John Kasich is John Michael Spinelli, independent reporter out of Ohio and a regular contributor to Plunderbund, which is, uh, frankly, a a must-read for Ohio politics, very influential out there in Ohio. John was previously at the uh, at examiner.com, covering uh, people, politics, government, and beyond for years. Uh, he also worked for a time as the information manager for former Democratic Secretary of State Jennifer Brunner, which is uh, which is how I got to know him many, many years back. Um, so, uh, John Michael Spinelli, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me here. Uh, great to have you, my friend. And uh, now, before we get into answering all of those questions... Uh, oddly enough, uh, you were not allowed to attend the event today at, uh, at Ohio State University, the announcement speech, uh, according to Plunderbund. And there was also a couple of students, uh, which is perhaps even more troubling. Uh, these are current OSU students who had tickets to the event, who had them rescinded uh, just last night. Do you have any idea why the Kasich team uh, disallowed I actually rescinded the uh, the invitation to those uh, to those students at OSU and and why you were not allowed to cover the event today. Uh, Brad, I um, uh, can't give you any uh, updated information on the student story because uh, uh, one I didn't write that. One of our editors uh, mm-hmm. put that up as soon as they received some information. Uh, hopefully, um, there'll be uh, uh, more updated information about uh, why that happened. Uh, as for me, I'm a totally different uh, entity, and I really wasn't connected to the students in any way, shape, or form. Um, I uh, probably passed the deadline 
in asking for uh, press credentials to cover the uh, governor's launch today. Okay. Uh, and if I was, then that was my fault. Um, I uh, was told that I didn't have press credentials. Uh, I asked why. I didn't get a response. Hey, it's a busy day for the governor's team, and uh, you know they have better things to do than to uh, uh, tell me that I broke the deadline. Uh, but I intend to um, give it another shot uh, again uh, at a future event. But you know, I, I guess your uh, listeners should know that um, last summer, when the governor was uh, starting his reelection campaign, which he never really announced. Mm-hmm. You know, today he formally announced for president mm-hmm. when he ran his uh, election campaign last year for governor. He never had a formal coming out party. Mm-hmm. He just sort of cruised into the election and didn't say have any special event. So uh, it's interesting that uh, he actually took the time to come out and officially announce today. That's uh, that's an improvement for him, I think. Well, uh, anyway, they um, the the uh, the Casey uh, PR folks dropped me from their meeting list last summer, and then earlier this um, year in February, when the governor was giving his uh, fifth. Uh, um, state of the state speech, mm-hmm. which happened to be in a small town in southeastern Ohio. Uh, I had applied uh, for press credentials as I had done for the previous four, and uh, I thought I, uh, my name was on the list for approval. But uh, on the day of the event, when I called back and said, "Hey, I haven't gotten any uh, media uh, packet or information about it," uh, I got a, a call directly from the governor's press secretary, Rob Nichols, informing me that it would be a waste of my time to make the long, cold drive down to Wilmington uh, in February when I think it was in single digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just as well because uh, I saved myself the drive. But uh, I'm not uh, surprised that uh, even had I um, uh, asked for them uh, before the deadline that I would have gotten them. But that's just my particular situation. Well, uh, yeah, but it, it is actually a troubling situation. You've been covering Ohio media and politics for, uh, for, for well, I don't want to date you here, but de- I was going to say almost a couple of decades. Uh, and, and they're keeping you out of the state of the state speech. This was just last February. Uh, are, are they doing this for all of the uh, journalists over at Plunderbund, which I know has a, a progressive bent, but it's a very influential uh, uh, blog, and there's a lot of good reporting that we've covered at bradblog.com taken from uh, Plunderbund. Are, are, are they keeping everyone from that blog out of uh, Kasich events, to your knowledge? Well, I can tell you that... Um the other uh, contributors to Plunderbun, and um, I think the Washington uh, Post, the uh, uh, Chris uh, Chalice's uh, section called The Fix, uh-huh. I think every year they do a, uh, a a survey of the most popular state blogs. And um, it's my understanding that Plunderbun uh, gets voted the biggest and most influential blog in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. I'm semi-retired, but yeah, Brad, I show up at press conferences. I show up at things I'm invited to. I show up at uh, people, politics, the government, and beyond kind of events, mm-hmm. and been doing it for a long time. Uh, you, uh, for example, last um, a week ago, Monday, uh, I was actually at the White House mm-hmm. in Washington at the uh, Decade Conference on Aging. Mm-hmm. So this is my second time to get press credentials at the White House. Right. Um, and that's no that's no uh, easy thing to do. Sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the governor and his staff... Um, don't uh, let me in. I think that says something more about them than about me. I, I think it does, and I think it's interesting and good to note uh, because it does uh, throw back to, frankly, the Bush era when they were very, very particular about who got to cover which events and so forth. Okay, so you write uh, sort of on this theme 
you you wrote uh, a couple of days ago or weeks ago, I think you wrote that uh, K- John Kasich favors secrecy over transparency. And he keeps his tax returns from public eyes to prevent voters knowing how how many millions he's made over his long and lucrative career in government. Well, that that first part sounds a lot like Scott Walker uh, favoring uh, secrecy over transparency. But uh, will Kasich be able to keep his tax returns from the public eye now that he's he's running for president? And what do you suspect it is that he is worried about folks seeing in those uh, tax returns, John? Interesting question, Brad, because, you know, I think Jeb Bush, if my memory serves me right here, in the not-too-distant past, in a week or two ago, I think he uh, told everybody he's going to release 33 years of his tax returns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's that's uh, quite a statement by, uh, by Jeb Bush, as it were. Uh, you know, when John Kasich uh, ran for governor in 2010, um, people wanted to see his tax returns. And uh, he basically said, hey, this is on your business. And uh, he finally he finally relented. One day, I think it was maybe for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, reporters got to come into a room. They couldn't bring in any uh, copying uh, instruments or uh, uh, pictures or anything like that. And I think uh, the governor revealed his 2008 tax return, if my memory serves me correct. And I think in that one year, when he was... Uh, uh, in 2008, when he was uh, still working at uh, Lehman Brothers and uh, uh, was hosting his Heartland uh, political talk show on the Fox News Network, I think his income was something like $1.2 or $4 million in that one year. And uh, as you'll recall from last uh, presidential election cycle, 2012, you remember that Ann Romney famously, famously said, hey, I don't care what you say, we're not letting you know, look at our tax returns. That's yeah. that. Period. End of sentence. So I think uh, the governor is going to have to make an interesting case of why he's not going to reveal uh, any of his tax returns, let alone 33 years worth of tax returns, when Jeb Bush is doing it. When I think now that uh, once you declare um, for presidency, I think there's some new rules and regulations you have to uh, mm-hmm. abide by, and I think he's going to have to disclose more than he's ever had to in Ohio uh, because our. Um, 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 uh, ethics uh, uh, commission here in Ohio really doesn't require, they require information so general mm-hmm. that you have a hard time really piecing it together and seeing where it came from. But, you know, he spent eight years working for Lehman Brothers, and, and they paid him uh, a, a pretty penny, as it were, and uh, he was the uh, sort of apple of the eye of Dick Fold, who was the uh, leader of Lehman Brothers, who uh, resurfaced, uh, I think, in the last month and basically sort of took it to the press saying, hey, we could have pulled out of that. We we wouldn't have melted down. We wouldn't have triggered the uh, uh, subprime housing uh, bust and the recession that uh, followed from that. So, uh, yeah, John's going to have an interesting um, time uh, telling uh, why he's not going to do it or showing what he's going to do it. And, of course, and I think, Brad, you're, you're, you know, when, uh, when uh, Governor Casey got sworn in, he wanted to do it in private in his home. First governor ever to... Think he could do that? What was this for and his? Was this was press. this for his first uh, swearing in for his first inaugural or for uh, the, the, when yeah, he was yeah, won yeah. re-election? He wanted the official swearing in of him being governor with the full faith and uh, credit of the Ohio Constitution behind him. He wanted to do it in the private in his private home. Well, what the heck so was he, that about? He decided, yeah. Well, 
I think when he favors secrecy over transparency, there's a perfect example of, hey, you know what, press, you sort of keep outside. I'll come out and do something ceremonial. But I think the Associated Press and the other um, newspapers said, like, that can't happen. We've always been present at all official uh, ceremonies, and certainly the swearing-in of the chief executive officer of a, of a state, let alone the state of Ohio, is something that we want to be at. That's so bizarre. That and I, that's, we want to be there. That's so strange. And and I want to get into a couple of uh, points of, of policy of, of John Kasich and you know, what he has done to or, or with or for the state of Ohio, depending on how you might want to look at it. But, uh, you know, we haven't gone into detail of each and every presidential candidate that's thrown their hat in the race, particularly on the Republican side, uh, not just because there are so many, but because so many of them really ultimately, I think, don't matter. And I'm not sure if John Kasich, in this case, matters or not, except for the fact that he is from Ohio. And anyone who knows U.S. elections knows how important uh, Ohio has been for the last, uh, boy, uh, well, going on a, a decade or two, at least in this country, when it comes to uh, deciding who is going to be uh, the pre next president in the United States, whether they won the state or not. That's a different question. But I'm trying to figure out what this is about. What is John Kasich? Why is he even running? It's not like Republicans are clamoring for even more candidates. So, uh, John Michael Spinelli, is is this really about running for vice president? Uh, or is he a, a serious candidate here? What, do you have any idea what this candidacy is even about, John? Well, Brad, first, let me talk a little boastfully about the state of Ohio. We are indeed the biggest battleground swing state of them all. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't win Ohio, you probably don't become president. Right. Um, as someone, my, myself, I was born in Springfield, Ohio, in uh, 1948. My uh, Italian, uh, my parents, who were both born in Italy, when they came over to this country, they settled in Columbus, Ohio, and they were small business people. Didn't go to college. They were florists. So, you know, Ohio has been a... In a, a very much of a melting pot state, mm -hmm. from Cleveland to Youngstown to Akron to rubber and steel, John D. Rockefeller, Ohio played a huge role in the nation's history. Mm -hmm. I mean, we became a state in 1803, Brad. We were the 17th state. Mm. We were the only state with the pennant-shaped flag. So I'll, that's the end of my Chamber of Commerce <laughs> pitch for Ohio, okay. <laughs> as it were. But, you know, but we, 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 right now we have 18 electoral college votes. And that's a whole lot compared to Wyoming or New Mexico with uh, three or four. But, you know, we're about at the level that we were in 1830. Ohio once had about 25 electoral votes. I think, what, Florida has 39 now. Mm -hmm. uh, Texas has 40-some or other. So you win Ohio, you win, you win a whole lot of states. Sure. You, win, you win the equivalent of a whole lot of states. So now, you know, John is, by his own definition, a foreigner because he's not from Ohio. He was born in Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, But, you know, now that he's 62 years old, he's the twice-elected uh, chief executive officer mm -hmm. of the biggest battleground state of them all, a state that has seen better years, a state that has industry that vanished with uh, the signing of the uh, uh, NAFTA, which, which uh, Congressman Casey signed on to. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've lost just thousands and thousands and thousands of industrial jobs, and these were always better-paying jobs than retail jobs. Mm -hmm. And these were jobs that had multiplier effects. 
you know, if you have one good uh, Ford factory job, you can support the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, as it were. Mm-hmm. So uh, what does he think, think he's doing? What, what, what did he do for Ohio to turn things around since the uh, economic re- recession that makes him think, uh, oh, America needs me as president? I'm trying to figure out what's yeah, his well, point. I, well, first off, you know, his speech today was very much based on what he calls his Ohio story, which is really a story about himself. And his story is, I came into a state that was dead, I think you said on the previous occasions. Mm-hmm. I came into a state that was bankrupt. You know, when he came into Ohio, he got into a boat that was on a rising tide. And that rising tide was created by Ted Strickland, who unfortunately had the very, very bad luck of um, inheriting a state already on the ropes when he uh, became elected governor in 2006. That was a Democratic wave year. And that was, a for, um, I should say, former Democratic governor uh, that preceded uh, uh, John Kasich of Ohio. Exactly, exactly. So Ted Strickland uh, took over in uh, 2007 the recent really started biting at the end of 2007. It lasted through 2008 into 2009. And Ted Strickland, using a public jobs development agency, pulled the state of Ohio out of a deep, deep dive. He started doubling the uh, job growth compared to the national job growth. John Kasich, for the last 32 months, Brad, has overseen a state economy that has failed to even meet the national job creation um, average, for 32 straight months. And in some months, he's underperformed it as much as 40%. We have a shrinking labor pool. We have an aging population. We are getting a little poor. Ohio's median income, uh, I think, used to be around 51000 which is, I think, what the national average is, mm-hmm. give or take a 1000 somewhere in there. I think we're down to like 45, 46 now. Poverty is up. If you look at the headline of the Columbus Dispatch today, it talks about uh, John Kasich saying uh, he wants to do for the country what he's done for Ohio. There were a lot of people outside the uh, student union today at OSU who were terribly displeased with the governor's policies, especially when it comes to developmental disability centers, which he wants to close, forcing the residents who are either developmentally uh, disabled and or uh, have mental illnesses combined and they are the 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 most vulnerable citizens ever. John uh, Michael Spinelli, I asked you uh, why he should be president, and it seems like the answer was why he should not be president, uh, based on well, what what you describe. Let me and and John, I've only got a, a minute or two here left, and I want to get through a, a number of quick questions about his records specifically. Uh, I know that he he turned down $400 million federal dollars uh, for a train uh, between uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Columbus. Do I understand that correctly? What was his reason for doing that, if so? Exactly. Well, he was, well, that was Ted Strickland's idea. So if it was Ted Strickland's idea, John Kasich was going to be against it. So he thought that was an example of, of wasteful um, spending. Matter of fact, Scott Walker got 800 and he turned it back as well in Wisconsin, if you recall. And that was federal. So, you know, that was federal money that he was receiving. That four hundred million dollars yeah. wouldn't have cost uh, the state of Ohio yeah, yeah, a thing. Exactly. But remember, Brad, that was all part of Obama's stimulus, and stimulus was a no-no for Republicans. Even though a third of it was tax cuts, mm-hmm. a third of it was sell for small business, a third of it was for infrastructure. Remember all the jokes about the shovel-ready jobs sure. that weren't ready. 
you know, Casey came in and basically privatized the Ohio Turnpike and turned around and said, hey, I'm going to spend that money on infrastructure. Aren't I great? Well, yeah, Governor, but why wasn't the president great as well for wanting to spend it on infrastructure, which is better paying jobs, skilled jobs. They return more money to the, to the communities that have been hard hit by the recession. So he came, so he came he in and he, and he took took this uh, program that Tred, Ted Strickland had put in motion and essentially gutted it. And it sounds like uh, has something happened similarly here with his uh, renewable energy mandate that I, I believe at once was uh, they were going to uh, reduce emissions by thirty percent, and now he's uh, lowered that target to uh, to just twenty percent. Do I understand that correctly? And what is his explanation yeah, for that? Yeah, well, Strickland was elected governor in, in uh, 2006. In 2007, he and a bipartisan um, uh, coalition, uh, working with a all-Republican legislature, came up with a renewable uh, energy stance that I think put Ohio at like the at the vanguard of states in terms of what they were going to do uh, by uh, you know 15 or 20 percent by 2020 and 25. I, I don't remember the details of mm-hmm. that, but you know it put Ohio way out in front. Well, John Kasich signed a bill that basically froze all of those standards. And his explanation was, hey, utilities companies can't, uh, can't move this fast. We have to reset. We have to, we have to reset. Well, you know, when he reset, we lost lots of investors that wanted to do uh, uh, utility-sized windmill, windmills and windmill farms mm-hmm. and all the manufacturing that could have come from that, because that's the kind of business that Ohio has been and is trying to recoup again. But unfortunately, it's not been successful. Uh, yeah, it's it's a disturbing record, actually, on a number of fronts when it comes to John Kasich. Uh, and I, let's let's leave it here with this. Uh, well, actually, just this uh, thought: his his meanness, and it seems like this would be uh, something that would actually help him within the Republican Party uh, these days, given how well it seems to be working for Donald Trump. Here was uh, John Kasich, just by way of example. I know this was several years ago. It was 2011. This comment about cops calling them idiots, if I recall, yeah, was, once right. he, was once he was governor, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early on, yeah. Like in the first couple months of being governor, he had a, uh, it was a, it was a uh, big staff meeting of the Ohio EPA. He called everybody in, and he was going to sort of set them straight on how he wanted them to act, and he got into the uh, vignette about him calling a cop an idiot, and... Uh, you know, let me play. Kasich. Yeah, that, well, that's a basic Kasich. Let me play a, a clip of uh, of the governor calling, I guess, his own uh, state police idiots. Have you ever been stopped by a policeman who was an idiot? I had this idiot pull me over on 315. Listen to this story. He says to me, he says, uh, he says, you you passed this emergency vehicle on the side of the road and you didn't yield. So I didn't. Officer, I, I were you kidding? I didn't, I didn't see any. I didn't even see the. Where the heck was it? And the last thing I would ever do would be to pass an emergency. Are you kidding me? He says, "Well, I understand that. Give me your license." Goes back to the car, comes back, gives me a ticket, says, "You must uh, uh, report to court. If you don't report to court, we're putting a warrant out for your arrest." He's an idiot. We just can't act that way. And what people resent are people who are in the government who don't treat the client with respect. Maybe that's another thing we have to think about, right? That was pretty amazing. That was John Kasich calling his own uh, state uh, patrolman an idiot. 
Uh, State Highway Patrol Union lawyer uh, Herschel Sigel said at the time, this is the, oh, this is only the most re- recent strange, insensitive and callous remark of the governor. He is obviously authority averse, except where he is the authority. Has that kind of behavior continued, John Michael Spinelli, uh, w- w- with uh, John Kasich out there in Ohio? And um, if so, why isn't he uh, bringing this out to the front? Because it's working great for Donald Trump, apparently, to uh, to be mean like that and insult everyone. Well, I think Donald Trump has cleared his own lane, Brad. I think nobody can uh, excel Donald Trump. I, uh, I guess today he released Lindsey Graham's cell phone number. Yes. And... Uh, Folks here in Ohio are saying, gee, John Kasich didn't know uh, uh, Trump was going to do that. And he sort of, uh, you know, once again, uh, corralled all the headlines. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what comes out with uh, Kasich's big announcement. But, you know, his calling uh, the cop an idiot, he's made, he's made a lot of harsh comments in public. And, you know, he gets, he gets to get away with it. The press sort of says, oh, okay, that's why he said it. And now it's trying to be spun into... Hey, all those uh, warts and meanness and brashness and and uh, self-basting attitude. Well, those are his assets. He's a candid, blunt talker because that's the way they are from McKeesport, um, McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, Brad. And I just think that uh, you know, if um, you think you can have a president that can talk to uh, Vladimir Putin or uh, the Iranians and uh, mock them or snark at them and whatnot, I think we're headed for like a bad scene if that happens. Well, we have a lot of bad scenes ahead, I'm afraid. Uh, John Michael Spinelli uh, of Plunderbund.com. You can follow him on the Twitters uh, at Ohio News Bureau. John, always good to talk to you, my friend. And uh, as the things are going to heat up in Ohio in the days ahead, not just with the debate coming up in a matter of weeks, but uh, thereafter, because Ohio is always a, a key sing, swing state, I suspect we'll, we'll be touching base uh, more in the future. Thanks, John. Great to catch up with you, my friend. Thanks, Brad. I'll send you another political postcard in a while. I, I will look forward to it. John Michael Spinelli of Plunderbund.com. Check him out on the Twitters at Ohio News Bureau. Okay, a quick break, and Desi Doyen joins us for the latest Green News Report. Stay tuned. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. We're really melting. For you, Desi Doyen, today. Yeah, uh, it's a hot day here in Southern California. Hot day, uh, hot year yeah. across the entire world, yeah. frankly. We'll talk about that in a moment in our latest Green News report. And we don't yet have, the word's not in on uh, on Kasich and his uh, climate position, his denialist position. Or I ain't saying yet. You're not saying yet. All right. So that's not in today's Green News report, but it'll be coming up in our, our later Green News Green News reports. Uh, I've been working on a story. I, I don't know how much time I have for this, so I'll just have to give you this very quickly. Um, years ago, uh, Fox News used to pretend to be combating voter fraud, and they put out this email address Voter fraud at foxnews.com so that you could report you when you see voter fraud in your neighborhood, in your polls, right in front of your eyes. 
You can let Fox News uh, know about it, and they will blow the cover off of it all. Well, it was funny because they put that out right around the time as we were reporting on the story of Ann Coulter, who actually did commit voter fraud down in Florida. And then later on, we found out she also committed it in uh, in Connecticut as well. And we have the proof. You can go uh, you can go to bradblog.com slash Coulter fraud and you can see the whole story. You can see how she how she lied about her residency. She lied on the registration form down in Florida. And then, which was a, uh, I think it was a Class D felony is what they call it down in, in Florida. And then she went to the polling place. They said, hey, you, you don't live here, Ms. Coulter. And she said, oh, well, where would I vote if I uh, lived at this address, which was her fake address? It was her real her realtor, her real estate agent's address is what she put on her registration form. And they said, oh, that would be a different poll down the street. She said, OK, I'll see you. And they tried to say, oh, wait, no, you can change your registration here. But before then, she was gone and uh, busy trying to get to a different polling place to commit voter fraud. Anyway, a lot of folks at BrandBlog.com started sending in reports about Ann Coulter's voter fraud to voter fraud at FoxNews.com since they were looking. They were looking like, for, like, like crazy for actual voters committing voter fraud which generally they don't, other than via absentee ballot. But the whole idea was they were trying to push for the uh, idea that there's all this voter fraud going on so they could put these photo ID restrictions in place at the polling place, which keeps Democratic voters from being able to cast their vote in many cases. And that's what that was all about. Well, that voter fraud address at Fox News did not work. They stopped using it lately, as far as I know. Ann Coulter was never thrown in jail for voter fraud. She should have been, but she uh, ran out the clock down in Florida. She called in her FBI boyfriend to help. You can read all about it, bradblog.com slash Coulter fraud. Well, we've now had, that's right, Coulter fraud. We've now got uh, another case of uh, someone else asking the public for help to stop voter fraud. That guy is in Kansas, and I've been working on this story for a couple of days. We'll get it to you, hopefully, later on this week. All right? So you can look forward to that. And now you can look forward to our latest Green News report. All of this started on the 15 freeway. Extreme weather whips California freeways. A 30 by 50 foot section of California's Interstate 10 freeway collapsed Sunday. From floods to fire as bridges collapse and cars burn. June 2015 was the hottest June on record, plus... The Pacific has become a playground for cyclones. Global hurricane season is off to a record start. All of those records and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Perhaps maybe people would be more for preventing global warming if we referred to it as... Taking a stand for preserving traditional sea levels. Yep, that might do it. This is your Green News Report. As the Bible says, it is Adam and Eve, not Adam and Cole. Okay, Desi Doyen, climate change 
seems to be coming home to roost out here in Southern California. Yeah, it's it's kind of disturbing. We'll start with what happened um, on Friday. In a shockingly apocalyptic scene, a major wildfire shut down Interstate 15 in parched Southern California. That's the primary corridor between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, all because of a fast-moving wildfire that overtook the freeway and cars stuck in traffic, forcing motorists to flee on foot. Cars were abandoned and many of them, of course, caught fire and were completely burned. And the firefighters trying to stop this blaze before it could burn down major parts of the small city. Really disturbing. We know that part of the uh, I-15 very, very well, and there is nowhere to run. And it did look like a scene from, I don't know, Mad Max, Walking Dead, take your pick as drivers fled the scene for their lives. Yes, one motorist actually did describe it as, quote, like something out of The Walking Dead. Now, luckily, no one was injured, but 20 cars and 11 homes were destroyed. California's historic drought has turbocharged wildfire season. And making matters worse, a hobbyist's drone was reported flying near the fire, so the U.S. Forest Service was forced to ground all of its firefighting planes, which allowed the fire to expand unchecked. The Forest Service has launched an awareness campaign to let the public know firefighters are required to land whenever drones are spotted. In another section of Southern California, on Sunday, extreme weather whiplash shut down another vital transportation artery out of the state when unseasonal record rain triggered by Hurricane Dolores in Mexico caused flash flooding. A portion of the I-10 up between Arizona and the California line closed right now due to a bridge collapse. Flooding, though, also blocking all the lanes in the area and is shut down the highway. It's not known when the lanes in both directions on the 10 are going to reopen. And we know that section of the I-10 well. Also, there is nowhere to go when that highway shuts down. I had to double back back into Arizona and then south down to Yuma. It was pretty much a seven and a half, eight hour detour. So yes, between droughts, floods, bridge collapse, climate change, the climate crisis is really coming home out here in Southern California. Yes, now mark that. That's two major arteries that ship people and products out of Southern California. Both of them shut down to extreme weather impacts, just like what happened in Oklahoma and Texas last month. It's demonstrating once again that our nation's aging infrastructure is not designed for and we are not prepared to deal with these extreme weather impacts. Meanwhile, NASA announced late last week that June 2015 was the hottest June on record, tied with the Super El Nino year of 1998. Is that globally or here in the U.S.? That's globally. And now the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has announced that the first half of this year has been the hottest first half of any year on record, meaning it's now all but certain that 2015 will be the hottest year on record. Remember the beginning of last year when all the climate deniers we're saying there hasn't been any warming in like 17 years. <laughs> yes, I do. That's uh, really cute, isn't it? That heat is brewing a record hurricane season, already reaching a record 11 named storms for 2015. That's combined for both the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean basins. Meteorologist Paul Douglas on MSNBC's Ed Schultz show explains that the rapidly warming Pacific is supercharging typhoons and hurricanes. I'm seeing some numbers in the middle Pacific that are just staggering. They call it ACE, accumulated cyclone energy. 
and it's 22 times greater than it should be this time of year in the central Pacific. Yeah, you know, we've had all kinds of storms, cyclones and typhoons, as they call them in the Pacific, that have hit in Japan, in Mexico. But, you know, they didn't hit Florida, so they never really happened at all here in the U.S. And to give you an idea of just how unprecedented this hurricane season is in the Pacific, since 1949, only three tropical storms in total have formed in the normally dead quiet central Pacific. But this year, there have been three storms since January alone. Amazing. Buckle up for much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to. Please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Yeah. You know, Des, we've been telling people to get ready for, what, Six and, Six and a half, and a half years, years on I the know. Green News Report. I know. It's going to have an impact. And they're not ready. And they're just not ready. All we can do is warn them. What was that caller said one time uh, to the show? All you can do is give us the uh, information, and then what we do with it is up to us. That's right. Okay. So it's not my fault if you people don't pay attention. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much, Desi Doyen, our producer, and to Cynthia Cohn, our booking goddess. Also to my guest today, John Michael Spinelli of Plunderbund.com. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can, as always, download it at bradblog.com or over on the iTunes, where we hope you'll give us a good review. It'll make it easier for other people to find the Bradcast as well. Drop us email anytime. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And if you don't want to write me, you can you can write to Desi. She'd love to hear from you at that same address. Find us and follow us on the Twitters and the Facebook at the Brad Blog. Until we meet again, you can always find me at bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Hey.